Kristen, we're going to talk about a couple movies this week that have to do with one of my favorite subjects, which is drinking. I love to drink. Are you? Are you? I now, love to drink. You and I have drank together. We have. We have had some drinks together. Um, we've we've done the frozen margaritas. That's we've right. We've done the Jameson on the rocks. Are you doing something else? I think. No. Um, I, uh, yeah. No. I'm I'm a Jameson's guy. Yeah. Um, and you like margaritas. And I love wine, as you know. Fan. Yeah. All, yeah. All, g- all g- girls are always wine fans. They always love wine. It's delicious. <laughs> it is so good and good for you. And good for definitely good yeah, for absolutely. you. Absolutely. I'm drinking wine right now. Six, seven glasses. <laughs> You're in tip-top shape. Um, good for the heart. Do you consider yourself, Kristen? A heavy drinker or not? <laughs> you know what? I don't think I am, but I was at the doctor for my annual exam a couple of weeks ago and the doctor was like, Kristen, how much do you drink? And I said, oh, I probably drink five, sometimes as many as 10 drinks a week. Um, I would say five nights a week I have a glass of wine. Sometimes on the weekends I'll have more than one. Mm-hmm. I might have two. And she said, do we have to talk about your drinking? Oh. And I was like, what? Is that a lot? <laughs> And and the fact that I responded that way made her say it with more seriousness to me. Really? Do we have to talk about your drinking? And I was like, oh, I didn't know five glasses of wine a week, sometimes as many as ten, was a lot. But that, I don't know. Rafer, you, I, I think you drink more than I do. Uh, well, not anymore. I oh, mean, you don't? No. God, are you kidding? Not now. I've got two <laughs> kids. I'm old. How much do you drink? Uh, I probably have, uh, well, what did you say? Did you say 10 drinks a week? Um, up to, usually closer to five. Okay, probably have, well, I probably come home and I have a couple of scotches every day. <laughs> you do drink more than me. <laughs> <laughs> you drink so much that you I can't mean, count anymore. That little when I said little that scotches. Drink... We're talking about one finger and a couple rocks. Yeah, me too. I'm not drinking heavily. <laughs> it's like it's not like I'm drinking two bottles of wine a night. When I say I have two drinks on occasion, it really, yeah. Oh my god. All right. Maybe, well, we're, if, maybe if, we're both alcoholics because yeah. neither of us are dealing with our how much we drink. The if first you don't step hear, is admitting that you have a problem. If you don't hear next week's <laughs> next week's <laughs> podcast. It's because we're both in California at the Betty Ford Center. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to talk about The World's End, uh, a movie about, a, about a, a, an ill-fated pub crawl. Uh, we will talk about The Spectacular Now, a story about a rather younger than usual uh, man with a drinking problem. And then thrown in there, we'll have the horror movie You're Next. Which starts with drinking but ends in death. Ah, Yes. <laughs> All right, but before before we get to it, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Rafer Guzman, <laughs> and I'm a film critic. And my name is Kristen Meinzer, and the first step is no longer hiding the alcohol. So I'm I'm just having it right out in the open right now because this is movie date. All right, we're making we're making light of this. Uh, There's nothing funny about alcoholism. That's true, but you know what is interesting though is that there is a lot funny about alcoholism uh, historically, <laughs> right? I mean, the movies, the drunk is a classic, classic comedic character, right? Uh, w. C. Fields, I mean, made an entire career out of playing essentially an alcoholic. Uh, yes. One of my favorite movies, as you know, Kristen, is yes. Arthur with yes, Dudley I, Moore. I, I knew you were going to say that next. And I was my, also just going to point out every Popeye cartoon has a drunk person. 
<laughs> Every, that's right. That's right. I mean, it, it really... From the it, time you're a kid, you're taught to laugh at the drunk. Right. The alcoholic is funny. The drunk guy is funny. It's, it's, and it's true. It is, it is kind of problematic. I remember when Arthur came out um, in the 80s that there was some... There were some little murmurs uh, just starting at that point where people were asking, hey, is this really cool? Is that okay for us to laugh at someone who's clearly an actual alcoholic? Um, and I thought about that and I said, yes, I think, it, I think it's hilarious. A real woman, Arthur, could stop you from drinking. have to be a real big woman. Um, I love that movie, as you know. Okay. Uh, we'll start out with uh, The World's End. So this is the latest film uh, comedy from uh, the director Edgar White with um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. They've made... Uh, uh, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. So all this those is... cute, wacky British comedies. Exactly. The uh, dude, bromance sort of... Right, right. And usually kind of genre genre blending, genre blending. How do I say that? Uh, they're usually kind of mashing up different kind of genres in these movies. Um, in this one, we have a, an aging, an aging, uh, what would you say? man? The aging man-child, the overgrown adolescent... Uh, it's Gary been King. 20 plus years and yes. he's still dressing like he did in high school. Still has <laughs> got that Sisters of Mercy t-shirt on. Exactly. Still wearing the Dr. Martens. He's blonde and you can see his blonde eyebrows and blonde stubble, but he still yes. dyes his hair black and you can but see that's that. Si- that's Simon Pegg. Uh, yeah. He has not moved on from his teenage, his teenage glory days and he decides to get the old gang back together and finish out uh, a 12 pub pub crawl that they never quite managed to finish uh, when they were when they were young um, and uh, gets everyone back together. They're going to go back to their old kind of crummy hometown in England and do this right. And of course, the last pub they go to is the world's end, the one they never made it to. Uh, 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 Nick Frost uh, plays his uh, his sidekick, Andy, in this film. So uh, let's play a clip. Tonight, we will be partaking of a liquid repast as we wend our way up the Golden Mile, commencing with an inaugural tankard in the first post, then onto the old familiar, the famous cock, the cross hands, the good companions, the trusty servant, the two-headed dog, the mermaid, the beehive, the king's head, and the hole in the wall for a measure of the same, all before the last bittersweet pint in that most fateful terminus, the world's end. Leave a light on, good lady, for though we may return with a twinkle in our eyes, we will in truth be blind. Drunk! Well, this film, I want to say, had me at the Sisters of Mercy t-shirt <laughs> because I am a longtime diehard Sisters of Mercy fan. Now, Rafer, did you look like this when you were a teenager? Did you wear the Sisters of Mercy shirt? Did you dress head to toe in black and wear a trench coat and Dr. Martens and have dyed black hair? That was one thing I thought was interesting about this film. It takes place in 1990, and I'm going to one-up, I'm going to one-up this film several times, by the way, in this review, at least twice. Here's the first time. In this movie, uh, uh, Simon Pegg wears, just like you were saying, sort of all black, T-shirt, trench coat, jeans. Um, I looked like one of the Sisters of Mercy. I just want to say that. And we're talking about 1986. Wait, you've got to put one of these pictures on our Facebook page. I'm going to name it off. First, ripped jeans, fishnet stockings. What? High boots. You, hold on. Mascara, you... eyeliner, wide brim fedora. Oh, my God. Choir boy T-shirt, rosary, upside down cross out of one ear, six earrings in the other, nose ring. Wow. I, I don't Are you speechless? Did you, not, did you not know that? Have we never talked I, about no, this? No, we've talked about this before. I think what's throwing me off the most, the fishnet stockings and the rosary, because you're taking it to a level that I just thought you looked kind of like Simon Pegg looks in this movie. I didn't realize you were taking it that far. I looked 
like I looked like one of the Sisters of Mercy. Now, granted, a, 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 a stupid teenage suburban mall rat Sisters of Mercy, but one of the Sisters of Mercy, nevertheless. Um, and let me just tell you, I think what really sunk goth rock for me was that I lived out in L.A. and it's really hot out there. You walk around in all black in a giant trench coat. And after a while, you just think, oh, God, screw this. This is too much hassle. Um, but yeah, so the movie did have me the Sisters of Mercy T-shirt because I thought that was very funny. Um, Kristen, what did you think about this movie? Well, I really loved the premise of it. I, yeah. I, I think it's great when you have that guy who peaked in high school who's getting the old gang back together. And yeah. he might think he's still kind of hot crap, but when it comes down to it, he's not. His friends have moved on. Right. They're married. They have kids. They none, have of, none of them are happy to see him yeah. when, he, when he shows up. They're just like, oh, you're a drunk loser. Right. You're still in high school. You're still in high school. I mean, now it's pathetic because you're 45. Right. And this is just sad at this point. So I like the premise of it. I like the idea of going back to your hometown and it just doesn't feel quite the same as you remember it. Right. Uh, But then, of course, as you were saying, they frequently make genre films, this team. And in this case, they decide that there are extraterrestrial robot types of characters who've come in. They've taken over the town. So it's not just the case that the town doesn't feel quite right or quite the same. It's that it literally is not the same anymore. Right. These are all extraterrestrial robots who've taken over their small town. I think that that uh, little joke went on way too long. I think that fight scenes that they had with these extraterrestrials went on way too long. Yeah. I thought that the joke wasn't funny enough. I thought the funniest parts were actually just these guys riffing off of each other. Yes. And yes. if they would have just stuck with that, with the alcoholism, with the we're all kind of losers in some ways and we're all kind of awesome in some ways. Right. And the great soundtrack. I loved the soundtrack for it. If they would have just stuck with that, I think that would have just been terrific. And maybe just, you know, if you needed to put in alien robots – you didn't need to put in a like. You didn't need to make that the center of the movie. You could have made that as kind of a funny side note. Well, yeah, and I think I think there's a, there are a couple problems too. One is that this is really well trod territory at this point. Um, it's just a matter of timing. But we just saw this movie with the watch, the the one about the neighborhood watch with oh, Vince Vaughn yeah, and Jonah yeah. Hill, where there are a bunch of guys hanging around, and then suddenly there's an alien invasion. It's it's the same. And we also just saw this in a movie called This Is the End about a bunch of guys who are, you know, undergoing the apocalypse in an apartment in Los Angeles. It's 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 a different it's a different angle, but it's also in some ways just kind of the same idea, the same movie. And I feel like this movie suffers from being a latecomer, essentially. Uh, And that's a that's a big problem. Um, I think there are also some jokes in it that may not some, some jokes or some kind of themes that may not necessarily strike a chord with American audiences that it seems to me like the whole movie is built around the whole robot idea the idea that, that, that these aliens are are infiltrating earth with robots that look like us and this connected with the idea that the that the all the pubs still look the same and all the pubs are like now kind of been they look they, like applebees now they yeah yeah right like... right as one character says stop starbucking us man <laughs> you know because they're turning everything into pubs that's actually happening in britain i just remember mm-hmm. having read some stories maybe 10 years ago that that a handful like one or two companies were buying up all the local pubs that had been in britain for you know decades if not centuries and were just kind of there you know no matter what you think your pub is your local but it's just owned by a giant mcdonald's type you know, chain of some sort. And so all these things are starting to look kind of the same. But I'm not sure that comes through in the whole setup in the movie. Th- thematically, it doesn't it doesn't really resonate with me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I felt like the fight scenes with the robots were 
kind of weird. I didn't understand it why. It just went on too long, and they're filled with blue paint for some reason. Yeah, right, and right. I don't know. But... And I mean, the idea that all these, the idea that the robots are so weak that they that they can't beat up a, a, a aging, you know, a forty five year old alcoholic and his overweight suburban dad friends <laughs> seemed kind of odd to me too. I didn't quite get that. And also, I want to say, twelve pubs. I understand, you know, it's a it's a good long drinking night. I just want to say to my friends, my friend Tom Adams, I'm going to shout out to Tom Adams here. We did 31. No. In San Francisco. No. Yeah. No. He turned 30 and he did 30. Rafer. And I missed that one, so I came out for 31. Did you guys end up in the hospital? That seemed, that sounds like emergency room level drinking. In the next year we did 32. Oh my God. I will say this. 31 was one of the best times I'd ever had. We started at 8 in the morning and went till 2. So that was 31 drinks, I think, in 18 hours. Holy crap. 32, not so fun. Oh, my God. 32 got depressing. But that was also kind of the fun. No. So I so – I, <laughs> the, 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 level of, the level of misery at 2 a.m. On the, on the 32nd – on the 32nd birthday pub crawl was, was pretty was pretty epic. Oh, my God. So I just want to say, first of all, I dressed better as a teenager. And second of all, I beat you in the pub crawl. That's what I want to say to the Brits. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just – I'm one-upping you. I'm puffing out my chest on this one. So they, they just can never live up to you. It's never going to be a good it's date just compared never, to your real life. Compared, your compared real life to is my, better than that date. My, my machismo – Excels. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's being a goth. Does that count as much as? Well, maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, not stockings and makeup. Yeah, I don't maybe know. Not. Right okay, for, right, I don't you know. got me there. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying this is not a great date. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's kind of an. I'm saying it's an okay date. I think if you are a real fan of 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 Peg uh, Frost and Wright, then you might enjoy this. But I don't think it lives up to the level of their other of their other movies. Uh, I just I don't think it's. It's just not fresh and funny enough. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you on that. And I'm going to say that even if you are a fan of them, it's going to be a little bit long and drawn out and the joke goes on too long very, in this movie. It just it goes on way too long. So I'm going to say mediocre to fine date. You know, there, yeah. there are some funny moments, but it's it's nothing that you're going to die if you skip this. Right. Nice to have Rosamund Pike in the cast, by oh, the way. I love her. I love her I too. I just love her. Oh, love crumbs. Her. <laughs> that's, that's that's her little catchphrase in the movie. It's very charming. She's 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 very fun. I'm I glad always to have her. love her. I always love her. Well, let's talk about another movie that starts off with drinking. There's actually um, a scene at the very beginning. This couple, they're going to the family get together, the giant country estate. The movie's called You're Next. These are rich, rich people. The girlfriend's coming home for the first time. She's like, we got to stop by a liquor store and get some booze. Oh, but my mom's on medication. She can't drink. Well, Uh, all the more reason to get more booze. So it starts off just like, oh, how are we going to put up with these people? We're going to have to drink a lot to survive this. But once they get to the family gathering, it turns out they need to survive more than family dynamics because there is some sort of crazy, murdering, masked group of people who are just there to kill and torture the whole family. Uh-oh. All these rich people may be facing their death. And this girlfriend being brought home for the first time, can she make it out alive? And so here's a clip. Why would anybody do this? They've been watching us for days. This wasn't a random attack. Okay. Now, I have not seen this movie, but I, I was very curious about it because 
I love a home invasion movie. <laughs> I just love them. <laughs> Everything from Straw Dogs to The Purge. Panic just, Room? Oh, Panic Room. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Home invasion movies. Well, this is a home invasion movie. And uh, I don't want to give too much away about this because with any horror or suspense movie, anything you give away is just going to be too much, right? right? Right, But I will say this. One of the great things about this movie it's comedic at points. They know mm. when to make it funny. They know when to make it scary. Uh, mostly it feels very tongue-in-cheek and ridiculous. There are some outlandish ways to kill people in this movie. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say there's a certain kitchen appliance that's used that I don't think I've ever seen used oh, that's saying in a, a killing lot. scene before. That's it, saying a lot because I've seen a lot. Yeah, I've but seen this, a lot this, of appliances. This, this is an appliance that you're not used to seeing. And microwave? Not going to give it. No, we've seen microwaves I'm, so I'm before. Saying, I'm just we, saying. We've microwave. Seen, we've seen a lot of things being used before. Electric knife. We've seen that before. Okay. We may have even seen the George Foreman lean, mean, fat reducing <laughs> grilling machine. We've seen a lot of things being used, but not this item. So I, I would say this would be a good date. All right. Okay. I'm glad. I'm sold. Yeah. Go see it, Rafer. Go okay. see it, everyone. It's a good date. All right. Uh, I'm surprised about that. Okay. So next up, we have an indie film that's been getting a lot of buzz. Um, It's called The Spectacular Now. Uh, This stars Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley as a couple of teenagers. Uh, His name is Sutter. He is a freewheeling, charming, very confident, uh, very popular, popular, cocky, fun um, guy who happens to drink just a little bit too much. He's actually... At the tender age of, I think, 17 or 18, carrying around a flask uh, in, his, uh, in his breast pocket. And he meets, after a drunken night, wakes up on a lawn and uh, is staring into the face of Shailene Woodley as Amy, who is a classmate of his that he's never really looked at or noticed before. And they develop a relationship um, that begins to go a little further than, um, than Sutter thought it would. Here's a clip. Here, let me help you up. Uh, where the hell's my car? I don't know. Do you live around here, Sutter? How do you know my name? You go to the same school. You wouldn't uh, know who I am. I know you. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm Amy. Amy Finicky. That's what I was going to say. Now, this movie is getting a lot of a lot of buzz, I think, for um, basically for its two stars. Uh, yeah, and who- both of these stars have, you know, I think they're really interesting actors. I actually think these actors are both going to do big things in their lives. Yeah, they very well could. Um, um, or I hope they do, I should say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So. And, they, and they both have, um, you know, they both have, uh, I'm not sure if pedigrees is the right word, but uh, uh, Miles Teller was, I think, in Rabbit Hole, uh, the John Cameron Mitchell movie. Uh, Shailene Woodley, her her big breakout role was in The Descendants uh, with George Clooney. Uh, so they've both been rising. Um, and I've seen Miles Teller here and there in movies that I thought were not that great for him. The one that comes to mind is 21 and Over. Yeah, he was also in Project X. And Project X, that's right. I, I'd forgotten that. I'd forgotten that one. The one role I loved him in, though, was playing Willard in Footloose, in the remake of Footloose. Yes, now Footloose. He was he very was, good. Yeah, that. That, that was where he really first caught my eye. Um, um, but I think he's very good. They're both very good, and I would say they are definitely the best things about this movie. It's, uh, it's written by uh, the guys who wrote uh, 500 Days of Summer. Um, and it has a similar feel to it, uh, you know, small, modest scale, very nicely observed, independent, nothing flashy, uh, sensitive. 
um, nice hip soundtrack. Uh, Ariel Pink is on it. <laughs> and uh, what did you think, Kristen? So I I do think these actors are just so likable. And I think that um, this isn't your typical teen movie. This isn't I just want to get drunk and laid. He already is drunk. And he doesn't even know if he wants to get laid. He doesn't right. know if he actually wants this girl. And then he also doesn't know if he deserves this girl. Right. And he's struggling with that a lot. Wouldn't he rather just be with the hot blonde chick that he used to screw at school all the time? Right. Wouldn't he rather just be hanging with the popular kids? Right. Wouldn't he rather be doing a lot of things, just being drunk and partying? And in a lot of ways, she's out of his league but below his social status at the same time. Uh, yeah, sure. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's interesting seeing him struggle with these things. And he's very self-sabotaging in lots of ways. Yes. And uh, despite that, they manage to help each other in some ways mm-hmm. and hurt each other. And, uh, and and I just – I really enjoyed the two of them. And I liked that – and I want to give everything away here. But I like that it doesn't have a perfect ending hmm. either to it. Did you okay. feel like the, it had a perfect ending? Yes. Oh, you did? Oh, no. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and not necessarily in a bad way. I think it ended the way it kind of had to end. Yeah, that's the way I feel, too. I feel like it ended the way it had to end, but it didn't end. Oh, God. Again, I don't want to give it all away. No I spoilers. I know what you're saying. But you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Um, I think I think, I think, I think, the perfect ending is there, but I think the way that it was filmed uh, and the way that ending is structured uh, sort of a- adds a tone of realism to it, um, which I think maybe is what you're – Yes. Maybe what you're referring to. Yes. Um, but anyway, without being too cryptic, I, I, di- I did think that these two actors were really great. Um, they're, so, they're so charming and likable and, and convincing for the most part. I, I will voice one complaint about this in a moment. But I, for the most part, they, they really have that sense of – they capture this way that teenagers talk a, a little self-consciously but also a, a, in some ways – in, with an earnestness that you lose as an adult uh, mm-hmm. and kind of an uninhibitedness that you don't have anymore once you hit your kind of college years and beyond. Um, and they're they're really sweet together and really fun to watch and really charismatic. I do feel like the film, and this was kind of my complaint about 500 Days of Summer, there's not really a lot going on here. There's not really much of a story. Um, there is a sense of... There, there are a couple train wrecks that seem to be looming in this film with um, A, with uh, Sutter's drinking and B, with a, a subplot involving Sutter's estranged father whom, mm-hmm. he, is, whom he has never met. Um, and I guess you could add a third subplot of uh, uh, Amy, the girl who has a mom who's sort of domineering and, and – Totally and, dependent on her. And dependent on her and she – and Amy wants to break away. And I don't feel like – the tr- the tr- the the climax that we are expecting or that we want ever really arrives in any of these in any of these storylines it's a little bit like watching a movie about someone who is who is who almost goes it's like watching a world war 2 movie about someone who almost goes to normandy but doesn't mm. and you kind of feel like well then what Am I really watching? Do you know if if you're not really going to deliver the goods and raise the stakes and really sort of bring the hurt to this story, then what's really happening here? Oh, I think the hurt was brought. Oh, really? I, I think don't. The hurt was brought, and I think that something I really appreciated about this movie is 
most of the characters seemed pretty realistic in it. Most, the, yes. The, the dad seems realistic. The ex-girlfriend seems realistic. I, yes. I, I was really impressed with how the ex-girlfriend was done. That's Mary think... Elizabeth Winstead, I think, playing that ex-girlfriend, um, who, by the way, played an alcoholic in Smashed. Oh, yeah. Since we're talking about <laughs> – since we're continually talking about drinking. Why is that? But I think that oftentimes in uh, movies like this – Parents just become caricatures and ex-girlfriends become caricatures. And in this movie, I think they did a much better job with that where you see a little bit more nuance to it. And so I I appreciated that about it. And as far as bringing the hurt, I think that nothing is Normandy in this movie. But most of life, the stuff that hurts the most in life is not Normandy. Most of the stuff that hurts most in life are the disappointments we bring on ourselves, the ways we self-sabotage ourselves, the way we hurt those we love. I would say most of us, thank God, in this uh, first world kind of place we live, we don't have to deal with Normandy. Well, sure. But I, but the framing device for the movie is that Sutter is sitting at his desk having a hard time uh, answering a college admissions essay question, which is, you know, name a, something like name an uh, obstacle, hardship or challenge that you've overcome in your life. And how did this help prepare you for the future? And, you know, he start the film starts with him trying to answer this question. And then we're kind of hearing what he says. Uh, we're hearing what's we're hearing all the experiences that go into ultimately his his college application without saying whether he gets in or not. Um, and so I think given I mean, given what you're talking about is some kind of learning experience and given that you're talking about a drinking problem, which usually involves some kind of bottoming out experience, unless I'm being too formulaic, I just didn't get those things. I didn't mm. get I didn't quite get those. What I got and I was thankful for them were a lot of really charming, sensitive moments that were really sweet and fun and and nice to watch and I and I thought were very nicely observed but I didn't get that feeling of that that feeling in the gut like this story really hit me I just didn't get that mm. I think it was there but I think it was on a much more human level and less of a movie especially a war movie level so I would say this was a good date for me. I would too. I would too, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to say really. I don't mean to say so much negative about it. Um, so good date. I don't know if good you should date. drink while you watch it. Maybe not. Maybe maybe afterward you can have grab a drink. <laughs> well, well, speaking of drinking, speaking of drinking while you're watching movies, uh, Christian, <laughs> I think I think you had something to get I, off your chest. I I have a lot to get off my chest here, and forgive me if you don't want to hear me complain for the next 10 minutes. You should just shut off movie date right now because that's what I'm going to do for the next 10 minutes. And oh, come on. I've had a lot of bad movie etiquette run-ins lately and ones where I've been really incensed to the point of almost starting fights in the theater. Really? And yes. One screening I was at in the last couple of weeks, not only was everybody drunk and yelling at the screen because it's like, fine, be drunk if you want to at this movie. Sure. But just stop talking. You can yell at the screen if it's a horror movie that's ridiculous. I'm fine with that. Like, okay. You're next. Totally fine with everybody yelling at the screen because it was hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, I can't believe you're doing that thing in the kitchen. And then everyone's clapping and laughing about what's being done in the kitchen. <laughs> but I think that in, in most cases, you don't need to be yelling at I, the screen. I, again, like crit, critic screenings. Very airless, very joyless, you know, very serious things when you go to a critic screening because it's a private – it's some studio's private screening room. You're all there. You've all got your notepads out. That's where I get irritated by people behaving bizarrely. I sat next to a woman. I don't know who she was. I sat next to a woman at Lovelace 
who who spoke to the screen the way that like the homeless people do in Times Square. Like, oh, oh no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. Ooh, ooh, I hate him. I hate him. Oh, oh no. Like really, the whole film, I kind of thought, oh my god, I, it was that. That to me was pretty extraordinary. Uh, so that you don't expect. I, I don't know if this has happened to you recently, Rafer, but I was at a movie. I was at Elysium. And I went to a late night screening, so that's probably my own fault. Yeah, there you go. And, and they were smoking electronic cigarettes in the movie theater. <laughs> is that acceptable now? Are you supposed? I, to, are you supposed to keep those outside, or is that totally well, fine? Well, the, the electronic cigarette industry has done a very good job of marketing those things as you can light up anywhere. Okay, so here's another thing I have a pet peeve about: texting. Can I just? I, and I know yeah, I've complained yeah. about this before, but you know, last night I was seeing your next and. There was the guy next to me who was texting during the movie. And then there was the guy who was like six. So the guy next to me, I gave him the evil stare and I did the tap, tap, tap on the seat, like on the oh. arm next to us. I was like, mm, excuse me. <laughs> but then the guy was wow, like Kristen. six. Then there was the guy who was like six rows ahead of me. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that dude? Right. No, exactly. Can I throw something at him? Right. Like, I don't want to be the person who's yelling at him. Well, and I counted. It was over 30 times he checked his phone. Wow. Is that right? It was over 30 times. If you need to check your text messages every 30 seconds, if you need to start <laughs> tweeting at this very moment, if you absolutely just have to see if someone updated their Facebook page right now, right. don't come to the movie theater. All right. I'm going to stop okay. bitching and moaning now. Okay, All right. Kristen. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. I just had to get that off my chest. So let's do trivia. Let's let's remind everybody of last week's trivia. Um, last week, in honor of the butler, we asked a question about – servants on film we played the following clip and we asked you to tell us who the actor was and what the movie was in my philosophy mr ben a man cannot call himself well contented until he has done all he can to be of service to his employer of course this assumes that one's employer is a superior person not only in rank or wealth but in moral stature uh, we got we we got we several, several right yeah, answers. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and here's the first person to call in. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Rafer. This is Paul Nia from Milwaukee. I just listened to your podcast, uh, which I do religiously every week. Love it. Love you too. You guys have great uh, chemistry. In terms of the trivia question for the day, the movie is The Remains of the Day, starring uh, Anthony Hopkins based on the novel by Shiguro. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Awesome job. Well Great done. Great job. Very, very good. Yes, that is indeed. Remains of the day. And and let's, let's do this week's trivia question. This week's trivia question in honor of the spectacular now, the teen movie with Shailene Woodley. Now, Shailene Woodley was uh, first famous for a TV role I'm not going to tell you what that TV role was. You're going to tell me what it was, Rafer. You me? Don't know, no, you don't I don't know, know what it was. How would I know? <laughs> All right. The listeners are going to tell us what that TV role was that she was first famous for. And here is a hint. In that TV role, she played opposite a former teen queen. Her mom was played by an actress who was famous as a teen high school movie actress. So tell us what that TV show was. Tell us who played her mom on that show. If you know, 
Call us at 5717-MOVIES. Or log on to Facebook.com slash Movie Date Podcast. Hold up. Frank. Headshot. Frank. Sit down. Frank. Stand up. Frank. Pass out. Frank. Wake up. Frank. Fade it. Frank. Fade it. Now I done grew around some people living their life in bottles. Granddaddy had the golden flask, backstroke every day in Chicago. Some people like the way it feels. Some people want to kill their sorrow. Some people want to fit in with the popular. That was my problem. I was in a dark room, loud tombs, looking to make a vow soon. That I'ma get fucked up, filling up my cup. I see the crowd move, changing by the minute. And the record on repeat. Took a sip, then another sip.